Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, dynamic duel. Just happened to be married, too. That's convenient, isn't it? Amen. So they just sit in, at home, just strum their guitars, <coughs> talk about the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hey, let me finish up on this. Everybody got one of these cards. It's a, a, a Aren't they beautiful? Visitor Sunday celebration cards. That's for your reminder. You can give to somebody. And then this green card, if you fill it out and put a, the visitor's name that you are zeroing in on, that you want to come, and you can put more than one, and then we're going to put it in the offering. We're going to pray over them next week and put it in the offering receptacle. We're going to pray over it and watch God work. Amen? All right. I'm believing that you're excited about that. Amen? That's our job. That's our duty. You know, when you get to heaven and God's going to say, did you bring anybody to church? Did you get anyone saved? And he said, no, we didn't know anything about that. And they'll say, didn't Pastor Chuck, you know, give you a hard time about that? Yeah, okay, I remember. Because, you know, there's a fine line between pastoring and pestering. And my job is to push you and move you to reach out and do what Rudy does. You know, Rudy goes to the parks and he passes out food and he talks to the kids there. And so I, I, I call it, let's do a Rudy. You know, when I have extra food, I go to the park and I find people that don't have food and I, I bless them. Amen. It's more blessed to what? Yeah. Give than receive. All right. You ready for the word of God? I'm excited. We're going to have fun today. Okay. You ready to have fun? Okay. Well. You know, this is, you know, you can interact, it's okay, you know, to interact with what I say, to uh, voice your opinion, you know, in affirmative only <laughs> about what's being said. So let's pray. Father, thank you for bringing us together today. We thank you that you're a good God and that we love you. So Lord, encourage us how to live for you and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And all agreed said, amen. So we're talking about the Father's love this month. Isn't that good to know that God, what, so loved us. What does that mean, so loved? It means that there's no words to describe how much he loves us. It's indescribable. There's no end to it. There's no measure to it. There, there's no end to it. He so loved us. Isn't that good news? That, that he said uh, he had a bad case of the so loved. And we use that sometimes, don't we, in, des in, in description? I was so tired. Well, how tired were you? I was so tired. I was so hungry. My mom used to say, I'm so hungry I could eat a horse. Y have you ever heard that expression? I had to look it up. What in the mom, my, my mom had stuff that she would say, and I go like, I don't know where in, did she get these from. And so I had to look it up. And it should be, I, I'm so hungry I could eat a cow, because most people don't eat horses, right? But that's what the, the, the saying meant, I'm so hungry I could even eat a horse. You know, a hard, you know, tough, rough horse. So uh, then we use the term, I was so excited, right? Now some people express themselves differently when they're excited. You know, I had a, a district supervisor in my sales, he said, he, he, he would have a, a meeting, he said, well, uh, I'm so excited about this program. I go, you're, you're excited? That's what you call excited. <laughs> when I think of excited, I mean, yeah, woo-wee. Wave your arms, jump. That's what I mean, excited. And <laughs> I just look at him like, okay, well, that's really going to rub off on us. We're really excited about that. <laughs> but now, God so loved us that guess what? He loves people that don't even deserve it. 
Did you know that? that that's what God did for us. He's extreme. And, and check this out. God doesn't love just good people. He loves bad people. He loves people that are going to stay bad. He still loves them. Isn't that amazing? He died for people who will never accept him, never receive him, never acknowledge him, but he still loved them. Sometimes you want to speak out to the Lord and say, Lord, don't do this. Don't, 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 don't love these people so much. There's not going to be any reciprocation. They're not going to love you back, and it's going to hurt you in the end. You ever love people that they don't love you back, and, and, and it just hurts? You want to tell them, Lord, don't put all that love and affection out there and, and be good to these people and be kind. They're not going to love you back. It's not going to be good for you emotionally or mentally. <laughs> you, you should just give up on these people. You just have to leave them behind. God said, I can't. I just love them so much. Unconditionally. We have, we have family members in our church, in our, in our, our family, and probably you do too, and I, I get this question all the time when I, when I minister. They said, well, how, what do you do for these people uh, in our family that don't respond to me or the, to Christianity or to the love of God? What do you do? What do you say to that? What do you do when people don't receive you? Just slap them upside the head? <laughs> say, you need, to, you need to get right, okay? You pray for them. You release your faith. And while you're doing that, you what? Love them. You love them and believe that God's going to talk, talk to them and touch them. It may take weeks, it may take months, it may take years. We have one family member that teases me all the time, all the time. You know, I go to their house and they're kind of, uh, they're not real exciting, and so I, I find a place to just kind of take a little nap. So he's been teasing me that way for 15 or 20 years, you know. <laughs> Don't invite him over, he's just going to sleep, you know. But you know, when he needs help, guess who he calls? Pastor Chuck, come and pray for me. Pray with me. I got problems. Then he even referred me to the district supervisor who gave us this church. He's the reason why I'm here. Now, what if I was just being bullheaded and stubborn and, you know, honorary, you know, honorary and, and bad attitude? He wouldn't refer me. He wouldn't recommend me. So you never know when God is going to use the people that irk you, that bug you, that rub you the wrong way. Do you know any of these people? Okay, I don't know if this is the right church. I don't know <laughs> if I got the right message here. But God doesn't do love. He is love. He doesn't have love. He doesn't feel love. He is love. Can you imagine having all the love that God has and he wants to give it to somebody and he wants to give it to us? if we would receive it. Isn't that good news? So he loved us, and he gave his son to be the propitiation for our sins. And you might want to know, well, what is propitiation? It's a fancy word for substitute for our sins. He paid the price for our sins. Not only did he pay the price, he overpaid. <laughs> he left his blood at the altar and said, now if these guys do any sins uh, beyond what I've already paid for, I want that to cover it as well. Isn't that good news? That means you can't out-sin God, Pastor Charlie, <laughs> as hard as you try. <laughs> so we would go on and tell the Lord, it doesn't make sense for you to put your love out to be disappointed with these people, to put your faith out there for them to be right, and, and they're not going to do right. 
There's no reciprocation, but God's not into reciprocation. Did you know that? He'll love you anyway. He, he's, he's not saying, you know, you need to hold up your end of the bargain or I'm going to, re- you know, receive my love back. That's what we do, right? Yeah, I've been kind to them for so long. I've been nice to them. I've, I've, I've given my house. I've helped them with their food and I've, I've just been good to them and, and, and this is the return I get from it. Anybody? Can anybody? Okay, thank you. I got one, one Tony said okay. But, <laughs> but God's love is not based on reciprocation. God knows that you can't keep up to his love. He knows we can't hold up to the bargain, but he still loves us. And he can't stop loving us. You know, and even when you mess up, anybody ever mess up? God is still there. He surrounds us with his love and says, okay, my child, I'm with you. You know, it's kind of like a baby. You know a baby, when you have a baby, they poop in their diapers, you know that? They're not going to poop in their diapers for forever, are they? No, eventually they're going to be okay, right? And when they start to walk and they fall, you don't get all upset. Ow! When are you ever going to learn how to walk? No, you you wait and you believe that God's going to work in their behalf. Praise the Lord. So the thing is that we're supposed to love. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. You know that song, right? But we're looking for love where? In all the wrong places. We go on love boat. How many of you remember love boat? (laughs) How about love potion number nine? Amen. Now, a father's love, are you ready for this? A father's love always covers, protects, and provides for us. And when you were growing up, do you ever remember having monsters in the closet? Anybody ever? Wasn't that a terrible feeling? Like maybe they're under the bed. Have you ever had that feeling? Probably no. That's because you have a good dad, okay? (laughs) But when I was a a young lad, maybe seven or eight years old, I was playing with my friends, and my mom said, hey, guys, I want to take you to the movies. We said, okay, cool. And she said, well, what do you want to see? And she said, well, there's a movie called Frankenstein and a movie called Snow White. Which one do you want to go see? I'm seven or eight, and I thought, well... I guess Snow White, and my friends said, no way, Snow White. What are you talking about? Frankenstein. Let's go see Frankenstein. That was the worst mistake I ever made. (laughs) Now, you know how Frankenstein operated, don't you? People be sitting around, you know, at the table talking, and all of a sudden, Now, what I couldn't understand is, how could Frankenstein catch anybody? I mean, you know, he just like this, and he'd be walking, and it could be Carl Lewis, I, I got you, you know. How does he catch anybody? But he would, he would pop up at, at the most inopportune times. He would come through walls. He would come out of closets. He would come around corners, and, and you'd be just having a good time, and he would just, that roar would scare you. So I'm, I'm in bed, so I, we saw the movie, and I was scared. Oh, my God, it la- made an impression on this tender young heart. <laughs> so I'm in there trying to go to bed at night, and when they turn out the lights, man, it is dark in my room. And I'm imagining the movie. Frankenstein's going to come out of my closet. He's going to come through the window. He's hiding under the bed. Arrgh! And I went to bed every night 
hoping that he wouldn't come out. Just closing my eyes. And the only solace I had is I knew my dad was a professional wrestler and that he could squeeze you so hard. Sometimes he'd get me in a squeeze and he would just squeeze and squeeze me and my eyes felt like my eyes were going to pop out and I go, Dad, I'm your son, okay? What are you doing? You want to kill me? And he'd laugh, <laughs> squeeze harder. Oh my God, Dad, what's wrong with you? Because, you know, these guys that are professional, when they get into a situation, Paul, you know what I'm talking about, a fighter, when he's fighting, and that those eyes get bugged out and they're ready to fight, you can't, no, there's no logic, no, you don't care if you're your son. But I knew that if Frankenstein ever showed up, all I'd have to do is yell, Dad! And he'd come a-running, he'd get Frankenstein in a, in a headlock and in a scissor lock, and he would hold him and squeeze him. I felt, I went to bed every night like that for months. Crazy, isn't it? But my dad was, uh, he, he was good that way. So, let's see this next scripture. But now, see, the Lord has great love for us, but he wants us to love the same way that he loved. Did you know that? He's bestowed upon us that same love. He says, but as many as received him, to them he gave the power and ability to be children of God. So we're supposed to be children of God and act the same way that he does. So when you have that person that is not acting right or that family member or that son or daughter, you're supposed to love them. You know, I heard the story about Norval Hayes. He talks about his daughter. His daughter got caught up in motorcycle gangs and she would go out late at night and she wouldn't come back till like three o'clock in the morning. And he was trying to talk to her and talk some sense into her. You know what I'm talking about. What's wrong with you? Uh, you, you didn't learn that here. What are you going on with those guys for? And the Lord corrected him and said, what are you doing? I'm trying to straighten her out. He said, is that the way I came to you? No, I came in love. I came in faith. And he said, okay. He said, love her and believe that I'm going to change her heart. So she'd come home and he'd say, where have where, where you been, honey? Ah, I've been out with the guys. Yeah, you know, I love you. Yeah, daddy, I know you. Can I go to bed now? Yes, go to bed. And he just kept loving her and loving her. And finally, after a while, she said, you know, Daddy, I'm not going to go out tonight because I have more love here than I have out there. And God is my witness. He told this story. He said an angel came into her room one, one night, and she got scared. And, and he said, your father loves you, and your father loves you. You need to give your heart to the Lord and walk out, walk through a, a door, walk through a, a wall. And she was screaming. And she, served the, she, she accepted the Lord and been serving him ever since. So you can't give up believing that God is going to move in someone's heart. And let's see. What we got to know is, like father, like son. You have to be like your father. Jesus said, the Father sent me, so now I send you to go out. And look at this next scripture. It says in 1 John 4, 17, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Did you know that? As he is, not as he was, as he is now at the right hand of the Father, so are we. We're at the right hand. We can call and petition God for help. Praise the Lord. I, I, I sent a text out to my basketball buddies, and, and I said, well, we're going to escape reality, 
at 3 o'clock, we're going to go play basketball. He said, my whole life is escaping reality. I said, you know, I'll tell you how to escape reality. Make Jesus the Lord of your life, and you can escape reality and get into the spiritual realm. Praise the Lord. And so I am, let's see here. Just, I am the pastor. <laughs> what you all laughing at? I'm the pastor of the basketball court, okay? So when there's trouble a-brewing, and this one guy, and he's, he's a Christian, and he's, he sh he's old enough to know. He's 50-some-odd years old, 56. And some of the kids came in there, and they, he got them all upset. And he said, okay, well, that's the way you want to play. I, I'm just not going to play. And he picks up his stuff, and he said, I'll see you later. And he takes off. And so my other friend, non-Christian guy, comes to me and goes, Pastor Chuck, you need to talk to him. You need to work with him. I go, please, I, I, I can't just wave a magic wand and have things work out, you know, perfectly. And so as the day went on at night, you know the Lord, how he speaks to you, you know, when you're quiet. He says, call him up and just bring some peace into his life. Because what? Jesus is the Prince of Peace. So I called him up. I said, you know, you shouldn't let those guys bug you. You shouldn't let them rile you. You know, you're better than they are. They don't understand. And you just need to be a Christian. Yeah, I know, he said. But I released that spirit of peace. And guess what? The guy that gave him a hard time called him up and apologized and said, I'm sorry for what I did. Praise the Lord. We can have the same power that Jesus has. We can make a difference in people's life, right? Now, let's look at this next scripture. I like this, Romans 8, 19. You ready for this? For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. What does that mean? That means the whole earth, the whole world, all the people are waiting for you to stand up and make a difference and make a, uh, a stand for Christ. You, 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 the whole uh, creation is waiting for you to act like God. Praise the Lord. Am I yelling? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get your attention, okay? You have to make the difference. You have to be the one they go to. You have to be the one that makes the stand. Praise the Lord. And God's going to use you however you, whatever talents, whatever gifts that you have. Now, uh, last week, Joanne told me this testimony. I, I can hardly believe it. You want to hear it? Okay, Joanne, come on up here. Because Joanne is getting ready to come to church on Sunday. And she's got neighbors, and the neighbors are having a party at 8 o'clock in the morning or 9 o'clock in the morning. That's crazy, isn't it? Tell us what happened. Yeah, so anyway, I went to church, and then when I got back, it was even louder and hollering, screaming, and they were drunk, high, and everything in between. And I was like, oh, my gosh. But I was able to take a nap because I was really tired. I took a nap. And then, I can and then I, let me tell you what happened. You probably went over there and told them, listen, guys. Quit fooling around. It's the Lord's day. You know, you clean this stuff up. You got no respect, right? Is that what you said? No. Oh. So I got up, and it was so loud and out of control. I thought, oh, my gosh, should I call the police? And I felt like the Lord said no. And I thought, well, I'll get my megaphone, and I'll preach the gospel out the window. <laughs> and God said, no, play your flute. So I got my flute, and he said, play Amazing Grace. I go, Amazing Grace with this big old party going on? And I go, okay, I'll do it. And so I stood by the window, and I played it twice. 
amazing grace. And then the second time I jazzed it a little bit. And then when I was done, it was so silent. You could hear a pin drop. I'm not kidding. It was silent and quiet. I was like, wow, I got the power. You know? <laughs> no, but, no, for reals. It says Luke 10, 19, behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Anyway, so 15 minutes goes by. I'm listening. Nothing quiet, peaceful in the atmosphere. And then I could just feel the presence of God. And then I waited some more, another 15 minutes. All of a sudden, I hear the engines starting up. And they're, they're leaving. They're rolling out of the driveways and leaving. And I thought, you know what? When God says the party's over, the party's over. <laughs> yes. And, um, yeah, so when God says you're healed, you're healed. If you need deliverance, God says you're delivered, you are delivered. And that is it. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I heard, I told this uh, testimony to a couple of people. They go, I need to learn how to play the flute. But, you know, it's not the flute per se. It's what God will use, what you have as your gift and your talent. Maybe it's the, your, your, your soft voice. Maybe it's your, uh, you know, soothing, you know, way of talking to them. Whatever it has, God will use it. But thank you. And, and if I need to, you to come over, you'll come over and play the flute for these people that are next door to us. Okay, praise God. Amen. Amen. Give Joanne a hand. Amen. So let's, uh, let's go to 2 Corinthians 2.14, and we have a little special treat for you in a minute. And the Bible says, now thanks be to God who, how often leads us to triumph? Always, always. Oh, what does always mean? Always leads us to triumph. And through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge. The fragrance, that's what uh, Joanne was doing. Applying the fragrance of the Lord. Okay, uh, let's go to this one, 2 Timothy 4, 7. It says, I have fought the good fight of faith. How many of you are in a fight? Amen. How many of you are, are in a good fight? You know what a good fight means? You win. Who wants to go in a fight where you get beat up? I, you know, I, I got in a couple of fights myself, street fights. I mean, it, one punch and I'm out. You know, it's like, this hurts. I don't like to play, okay? But the good fight is when you know the guy's going down because God has given you the victory ahead of time. I have fought the good fight. Now, you might have giants in the land. You might have giants of depression, giants of financial woes, uh, giants of uh, personal hostilities. And your giants may look like this. Now, too big to handle, right? But the Bible says that we have the victory. Did you know that? So what I like to do is, of course, do a little visual demonstration so that you guys can get the picture about how what you're facing may not be as big as you think it is because God's going to give you the victory. So we're going to have a little good fight of faith. Are you guys ready for this? Charlie and William? No, boxing, boxing, boxing. The good fight of faith. So, you know, you need a, you need a boxing ring if you're going to have a fight. Isn't that right? Yeah. Okay, so let's get the boxing ring here. And uh, Jaquise is going to hold the other, other line. 
All right. Charles, we're going to sit where you are at. Or sit right between. Yeah, there you go. All right. William, I need you over here on this corner. All right. Just come this way. All right. Are you guys ready? <laughs> uh, let's get ready to rumble. Praise the Lord. So you know the good fight of faith is the fight that we win. According to the scriptures, we are fighting a defeated foe. Did you know that? He's already defeated. It's like you, you're telling the guy, we're, you're going to go in there, but he's going down in the second round. Just pretend a little bit, and he's going to go down. And that's what the devil knows, and the devil knows he can't beat us. Did you know that? So we want to show up for the good fight of faith. Are you ready? Okay, imagine yourself, Olympic Auditorium. All right, now... At New Hart Foursquare Church, we have the main bout, the championship, that winner take all 12 rounds. We're going to welcome in Lucifer, the Intimidator, Wayne. <laughs> Wayne, 250 pounds, bringing in hurt, pain, and sickness. You can boo him as he comes. <laughs> he looks big. He looks mean. He looks tough. <laughs> he didn't know you were going to get such a good welcome today. Did he? <laughs> and fighting him, a svelte one 65, the mighty Christian warrior, Andrew Tanahello. All right, let's come, let's come together here, guys. Now, I want you to have a clean fight. I don't want any scratching, biting, hitting, no, no biting off the ear. I want you to come together and have a clean fight. You understand? I don't never fight fair. You don't never fight fair. You know, you get over here, get over here, get over here, get over here, get over here. All right, now, touch gloves, go to your corners. Come on over here. Come on, he, he, you heard him himself. He said he doesn't even fight fair. I can't do it. No, 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 listen. You, you got to get control of yourself, son. <laughs> he may look big, but you can defeat him. Because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. And, and, and the Bible says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Do you believe that? Yeah. <laughs> Pain. Yeah, yeah, I do, but he's, he's, he's going to put a whole, whole world of hurt and pain. He, he's going to kill me out there. Look, you've you got to believe that you have the victory in Christ. Okay, say that. I, I have the victory in Christ. Okay, now that's not, you know, you have to be a little more confident, a little more determined. I have the victory in Christ. All right, good enough. Okay, go out there, fight.
<laughs> What's the matter? What's the matter? Oh, uh, he, he really hurt me. That one really, he hit me right in the nose. Okay. <laughs> okay, you know what? You're hurt, but you're still alive, aren't you? Yeah, but he really hurt my feelings. Okay, well, you know what? Don't worry about your feelings. You, you, you can punch and you can overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. Do you believe that? Yeah. So what are you saying? I'm saying he's a mean man. No, 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 no. You have to say you can overcome by the blood of the lamb. Can you say that? I can overcome by the blood of the lamb. Okay, now go out there and fight. He's not playing now. Mm. Are you feeling okay? Not really. <laughs> okay, now you can't go by how you feel. He might throw a good punch to you. He might throw sickness. He might throw a disease. He might throw a financial problem. But you, you, you got to, the Bible says, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Okay? And you know what you got to do? Give him the knockout punch. How, how do I do that? Okay. You tell him, in the name of Jesus... You have been defeated at the cross. You have no power over me. And the blood of Jesus has given me the victory. And then pop him one. Are you sure that'll work? Yes, I'm positive. That's what the Bible says. That's what the script says. So go out and do it, okay? Good job. Thank you, combatants. So if you go to church, if you go home and people say, well, what did you learn at church today? Say, I can beat up the devil with a knockout punch. Amen? So when he comes to you, all big and bad, don't, don't give in to what it looks like, but believe that you can throw him a punch that he cannot refuse. Amen? Let's look at this last couple. I can't preach too much after that because you guys are not, you know. <laughs> You got the message, right? <laughs> but it says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. Do you think Jesus ever backed away from a fight? Do you think he ever got scared and worried about what the devil was going to do? He didn't give up, and we can't give up either. We have to know that we can fight the good fight of faith. So last, last uh, two scriptures. You ready? In Psalms 8, 3 through 4, I know uh, this is ja one of Jaquise's favorite scriptures, right? You know, what my, you know what my favorite scripture is? The one I'm reading at the time. <laughs> the one I need the most at the time I need it. That's the, but look what it says here. David's, David, you know, David's out in the sheepfold, out in the hills, taking care of the sheep. He's looking up at the stars and the sky, looking at all this, the sun and the moon. He says, when I consider the heavens, 
the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained. What is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? So God, what do you have to do with us? Why are you interested in what we're doing? You have these galaxies and this great span of earth and, and sun and moon and stars, and you're concerned about our little speck here on this earth. And Psalms 8, 5 through 6 says, For you have made him, man, a little lower than Elohim. And the translators were afraid to say God because we actually are above the angels. Did you know that? We're going to have control over them. We're going to tell them what to do. In fact, they hearken to our voice even now. So God has made us a little lower than uh, him to have dominion. What does it say here? And crowned him with glory and honor. And you've made him. Who's him? Uses. You have made man to have dominion over the works of your hands. God made the whole earth, and he made everything in it, and he said, now I want you to take over. I want you to take charge. I want you to lean and learn from me and do the things that I would do. You know, it's kind of like my son when, when, when he was growing up. We teach him things as, as he goes along, right? First, we teach him how to answer the phone. You don't answer the phone, yeah. <laughs> no, hello, Canazero residence, may I help you, right? When the door, somebody opens, the, somebody knocks at the door, you don't just let anybody in. <laughs> you find out what they want. You, you, you teach your children. So God's teaching us and to have dominion over the works of your hands and have put how many things? All things under his feet. And I underline, do you see all the time that God is talking about us? We're his prized creation, his prized possession. God wants us to be just like Jesus, just like him here on this earth. Amen? So let's pray. Father, I just thank you that we know and believe that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And so, Father, we take authority over every sickness, every disease, every situation that we're facing, knowing that you will give us the victory through Jesus Christ, that we're overcomers, that we triumph in every situation that we face, even though it may look like we're not winning. We're going to trust and believe and rely upon you, so, Father. So for this, we give you the praise, we give you the glory, we give you the honor ahead of time. In Jesus' name we pray. And all agreed said? Amen. Amen.